0: Perfect. Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Chell Stars podcast. We got another fun one here. We got obviously the same crew as usual. We got myself, Kyle, Mikey, and Corey. Um, So today we're going to kind of go over, obviously we had quite the busy Friday as we saw. Um, Other than that, just some minor little details throughout the week, but we'll have a little bit of a shorter podcast today as it's somewhat slowed down, I would say, throughout the week um but we'll kind of begin i mean i'll probably pass it over to kyle we'll start with our big blockbuster um of a trade and also just to warn any of you listeners if you do hear a slight bit of echo it is because me and mikey are in the same room and we had a bit of audio uh difficulties so we'll try our best to keep that at a minimal all right i'll
1: pass it over to kyle Hey guys, how's it going? Super stoked to be back for episode number three. Um, yeah, we'll get into a couple different topics we have prepared. Um, I'll let Corey and Mikey introduce themselves though before we get too far into it. Go for it, Corey.
2: Hey guys, uh, yeah, like I said, happy to be back, and uh, yeah, let's talk some hockey. What's going on,
3: guys? Mikey here, glad to be back for episode three. Like Max was saying, we do have a bit of a shorter podcast, but there was a massive blockbuster trade, which we'll spend most of our time talking about today. So Kyle, so Kyle whenever you're ready, yeah. man.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, big big blockbuster trade happened uh, a couple days ago. We have Oliver Bjorkstrand going to Seattle and a third and fourth round pick going back to Columbus. Um, <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a fleece, but we'll get to that. Yeah, definitely. No the, no, the big one's definitely the Matt Kachuk trade. Matt Kachuk going to Florida. Fuberdeau, uh, Mackenzie Weger and a first-round pick, and a prospect going back uh, towards Calgary. So we'll get into that. Probably a huge deep dive into that. Right off the bat, Corey, who do you think won that trade?
2: Oh, you're hitting... You're calling my name out. Um,
1: <laughs> you're putting you on you
2: the know, spot. <laughs> Rick, uh, man, that's... Uh... I'm going to say, I don't, it's going to take, you're, we're not going to uh, be able to predict right now. Uh, okay, if I had a guess, I'll, I'll say Calgary.
1: But, Calgary? Uh, because they got more value back?
2: Mm, I think, I think, no, I think they made the most out of the situation they were in.
1: They had their hands completely tied. They had no leverage, which was which is the weirdest thing to see in 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 a sport that traditionally, the team that holds your rights has incredible amount of leverage. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good yeah. Point.
2: So, I mean, time will obviously tell. I think face value. You, well, let's let's go over the the pieces in the trade just so everyone uh, knows
1: for sure. Um. So, like I said. Matt Kachuk going to Florida with a f- conditional fourth round pick. I don't know what the exact conditions are, but probably nothing. Um, I mean, I can explain it, but it's really Yeah, i going go be a,
0: off. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> well, I yeah. read it exactly from the website here, so So, it kind of comes uh, it comes down to also the first round pick that Calgary is getting. So, that first round pick that Calgary is getting is a 2025 conditional first round pick. Uh, if it turns out to be a lottery pick so a top 10 pick then Florida keeps it and then Calgary gets the 2026 first round pick of Florida's no matter what but if it's past the top 10 then it's Calgary's to keep. That being said, <laughs> we go over to the fourth round pick that Florida's getting so that so say that 2025 first round pick is, Calgary's to the keep. They also get the fourth round that year of Florida's. Stay with me. <laughs> and if that um, if that pick of Calgary's goes to 2026, say it is a lottery for Florida in 2025, then they get the fourth round of that ensuing year. So in a sense, they're kind of together first and fourth. So you understand, yeah. <laughs>
1: So, so they're just making the years match, if if, if one trade. yes, yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah, confusing to understand at first. Absolutely, yeah, that that is a confusing one, Mikey. What did you think about the trade? Um, honestly,
3: looking at it, it was crazy because I think it happened around our time at like 10 p.m., and I instantly sent you guys the Instagram post about it happening. I think Calgary, Calgary won that one just again for value wise. You have Huberto, who's probably a top ten player in the league. I don't know how he's going to do in Calgary, considering they did trade Kachuk for him and they got rid of Boudreaux, which were two star players he could have, uh, you know, maybe eventually worked a power play with if he came onto of that team with a different trade. Um, but I think adding Weger, who's a pretty good defenseman, he was a great defenseman on Florida, and Hubero put up 115 points this season. I just don't know how he's going to play with some of the players in Calgary. It'll be interesting. And I also heard that Calgary might try to flip him, so you never know what will happen. Essentially, I'm saying Calgary 1x1 one one just off of value alone. It's like four, four kind of pieces for one guy type of thing. So
1: Yeah, yeah, it is a, a crazy trade. So let's get into, into the contract extension too. Um, so Matt Kachuk, signing um, signing trade, eight-year deal at $9.5 million a year. Um, and then when, when we look at the the pieces moving back to calgary jonathan huberto has one year remaining on his contract at 5.9 million dollars um and then Mackenzie weger one year left at 3.25 million dollars now both those guys are ufas at the end of the year so that kind of puts calgary in a weird position where they have to decide this season if they're going to try to keep those guys on and And pay them because they're going to be—they're both probably going to be ten million dollar players, or if they're going to try to flip them at the deadline and get some more assets back. So it's really do or die time for Calgary in my mind, where they need to decide within the next six months if they're doing a rebuild or if they're, or if they're making a strong push.
0: Yeah, it really comes down to how their season goes. Because obviously, if they think they have enough to compete for the cup, I mean, and they keep them, but they walk, then a massive L in my opinion for them. And this it will make this trade look like a landslide for Florida. Although, if they go off to a Rocky Start and they decide to flip both of these pieces, I'm just thinking about how much value Hooper can get at five point nine million uh Ooh, for a contender. Same with Uyghur, three point two five mil for yeah. a top you know, a guy that can play top end minutes. They can get a lot of value. Again and can really kick off their rebuild if they decide to do so.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Or do you think do you think this makes Tampa a better team or a worse team going into next season? Because they won the President's Trophy last year, and they're in a position to possibly repeat.
2: Sorry, do I think this makes Tampa? Wait,
1: Tampa. Or Tampa, sorry, Florida. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow. I, I was laughing yeah. that word too. I just have to
2: use uh, my <laughs> How does this affect? Uh, <laughs> how does this
1: How does this affect LeBron's legacy?
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you take two pieces off Florida, they, so they're effectively leaving a hole in in the in defense. You know who's there. They got a hole in their defense that we was filling. So, um, I don't know. I think they have a strong season. I think Matt Kachuk brings a lot different uh, skills than uh, Hirito. I think um, they have a piece in Kachuk that's – I don't know. I mean, I look at this trade. I look at the MO, and I think it starts with Calgary. Like, they're obviously in a win now kind of – kind of mode and Goudreau chooses not to resign and then I don't know if, if that changes Kachuk's decision but it seems like immediately after that Kachuk says he's not going to resign I think rumors so,
3: saying that Kachuk wasn't going to resign if Goudreau didn't sorry I think there were some rumors saying that Kachuk wasn't going to resign if Goudreau didn't
2: yeah yeah so I mean that, that might have been uh, the case then so this trade kind of happens because Calgary has to move Kachuk and Florida, like, I don't know if they were pursuing Kachuk at all, but, you know, maybe they saw an opportunity looking at it from Florida's end. Like, okay, they're looking, we need to re-sign these two players. Hubert is probably a big priority at five, not, what is he? Five, what was he? Uh, five, nine. Like he's set for what? Yeah. Easy five, 10. 5.9. Easy no, for his next contract, like that's an easy ten long term. Weger, I don't know, like at least five, right? Like he had a pretty good year, six, seven, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the defense market; they're getting paid. So you look at what Sergej signed for eight and a half mil.
1: I mean, and yeah, and I'd I mean, say Uyghur is a better defenseman than. Oh yeah, I think most people Sergeyev. would agree with that too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You can argue he would
0: immediately look at that contract and be like, "Hey, well, I want that too." Absolutely, <laughs> so, and
1: and he'd get it. And and he's probably actually bringing more value than than eight point five if he was to sign for around that number. I'd I'd say he's he, he's giving the same value as guys who are making ten million dollars. Right, right. Comes so to... go for it.
2: Um, you know, so they get a they get a winger that's five years younger in Kachuk, and they lock him up long term. And you know, I guess looking at Florida, I don't. Who else is? I don't know. I guess next year, Reinhardt, Montour, Forsling.
1: What I, I saw from Florida, as I was kind of researching a little bit, was that this not only gives them good, good, um, like a good replacement for Huberto, but like great cap flexibility going forward. Because instead of paying Huberto ten million and paying Uyghur, Nine million next year. Now they have Kachuk locked up. The only thing is, it really leaves their defense in a weak position, and they're gonna have a hard time, hard time filling that role. Which, which m- m- will probably make them a weaker team down the stretch, um, like the next few years. Mm-hmm. But if they can start to fill some holes on defense with 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 younger players that are on team friendly deals, then that's what they need oh. to do. How do you guys think
3: these two players, like Huberto and Kachuk, are gonna perform with, like you know, like we were mentioning earlier, like the different line mates? Because obviously Huberto and Barkov on the power play were electric. They weren't on like an actual line together, I believe, during the regular season. They did like a one-two tandem, like McDavid and Dreisaitl did over in Edmonton until it came to the playoffs. Then you know if they needed to be on a line together, they were put on. A line How do you think Kachuk's gonna fit in with like Barkov and kind of the other forwards they got going there?
1: I see them doing the same thing where, where where Kachuk's playing with Bennett, but I could also see them putting him on the first line with Barkov because, because I don't think Matthew Kachuk is going to drive play the same way that 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 Huberto was driving play. He's not going to be the one that's breaking the puck in. He's going to be good in the corners and in front of the net and in the... Low to high slot, but I don't think he's gonna he's gonna be moving the puck the same as as, as Huberdeau was. So that's why they split them up in my mind.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And Huberdeau, Huberdeau and Calgary. How do you think he's gonna pair up with like? Uh, I don't even know who their like starting center would be. Like back backland maybe. Like who else do they have?
2: Right? Lindholm. Oh, uh,
0: that's a good point. Yeah, you're forgetting Lindholm, who is also. The last couple wow. seasons being been in, in uh, Selkie consideration, just like Barkov. So who knows? Could yeah. be a very similar scenario for him. Uh, who knows what the rest of their forward group looks like, because they're... We'll get to that. But, I mean, they currently don't have many forwards signed. They still have to sign Manjupani. So, for him, I mean, could be a similar scenario, I would say. Kachuk, like we said, a little bit <laughs> slightly different, but... He'll have some pretty good uh, playmakers on the team to set him up, that's for sure.
2: I can see uh, Huberto having a good year alongside Naz and Kadri as their starting center.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is potentially
1: what could happen, yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy, but I doubt Kadri would want to go to Calgary. We'll I see. Mean, we'll see. Maybe
0: with what's going on, I mean... Right now, he could be thinking, oh, I could be playing with
1: uh,
0: (laughs) Huberto alongside of me. It's intriguing. the
1: next six months until he gets traded. Well,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he'll sign a one-year deal.
2: (laughs) This is, uh, you know, I think Calgary, for Calgary, it's kind of like, it looks bad. You know, your two stars don't want to play there. Uh, And now they've acquired a couple more stars that are at UFAs. So I think they really need to, I don't know if they'll re-sign both. They really need to re-sign at least one. Also looking at Lucic's contract comes up at the end of this year. So that's going to open up uh five plus for them. So I'll give them some more, uh, some more cash to play around with. Cause I mean, they've locked into Markstrom. They should probably try and build a good team if you're going to, you know, sign Markstrom to a long-term deal. So.
3: I mean, the Flames' blue lines looking a little bit better with the Uyghur addition for sure. Myself oh, and Oxford talked earlier, and they have, they have Rasmus, Rasmus Anderson, they have Uyghur, they have Tannen,
2: Hannafin, they have
3: Hannafin, Yeah, exactly. The, Sonny, the blue lines. Yeah, their blue yeah. lines not looking bad. It's just a matter of not are they going to score as many goals as they did when Kanchuk and Goudreau were on the team? That's the thing. Like, are they going to score as many goals as they did last season?
2: But you know what? Well, yes, yes. But uh, you know, with a good D and a good goaltending, like typically, that's what you kind of want heading into the playoffs. <laughs>
0: yeah, <I clears> mean, <throat> mean, for a Daryl Sutter team, I think he's looking at that. And really, I mean, he's got his D core locked in. I, I mean, a few question marks on term for them, but he got a stud goaltender. Got some pretty good two way forwards. So I mean. They can definitely still compete, so it'll be a big mm-hmm. question mark for what they can perform on the ice, though, and mm-hmm. what they can do with, uh, you know, re-signing them.
2: And and they get that first. Yeah. So they, they get a, <laughs> that first for Kachuk. So I think, you know, the, and, and that's why I don't... We'll have to wait and see. But, like, I think they got a pretty good haul for... Um, as long as they can... I think Huberto, yeah... As long as you either re-sign is probably ideal. And then if you have a bad year, flip for something. Uh, Don't just let them walk. Um, So I think if they can do something with Huberto, then they'll they'll win for sure. And Kachuk now has a lot of pressure to perform on Florida. And Florida has a lot of pressure to perform in general, seeing as they don't have a first-round pick for the next three years, I think. So, and they have, haven't have really shown a lot of success in the playoffs yet, so now Florida has a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, good points. With their next three first-round picks all being out of the door, two of them being conditionals, but, I mean, we already know those are basically already gone. So, they really went all-in last year, and that didn't really help them. They won one series, but got swept the next and one, then, so...
2: <laughs> and I'm kind of comparing these two teams. They've got... Both, they signed free agent goalies, big term, but Borovsky, they they got 10 mil on this guy. Yeah. Go to Markstrom, same age, a year younger, for 6 mil. Like, yeah. big mistake with the Borovsky um, deal, because that hampers them. That's, that's oh, yeah. 4 extra mil compared to, like, that's actually a pretty decent, looking at kind of the price point now, if Markstrom can perform better than or his playoff performance, at least. Like, that's a good deal for Marstrom for what we've seen him be capable of.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. that seems like the market value for goalies nowadays. You see a lot of them. Jack Campbell, Kemper, just signed yeah. for 5 and 5.25. So, yeah. I mean, you don't see a lot of them. I mean, a couple of years ago, there was the two contracts, Bobrovsky and Price, that got signed for 10 mil plus. So... Mm-hmm. Other the than teams that, quickly yeah, realized, realized not goalies for that much. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that hampers Florida big time. And that, yeah. there's still four years left on that. So, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of rumors of them trying to get rid of that contract, but I have no idea who would <laughs> take that on. He's a full no
1: trade clause or no move no, clause, no right? No move, yeah. So, yeah, that's I nearly don't... impossible to get rid of. Starting
2: Full no move starting July 1st. Oh, never mind. Starting July first, twenty twenty four, it becomes a sixteen team no trade.
1: Cool. Okay. So, okay.
2: but that's still a ways away. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I got a kind of na- another
3: scenario for you guys. If, if kind of if if it was a one for one for like Kachuk Huberto type of thing, I know I mentioned that earlier too with you guys. Would you guys do the one for one rather than giving? You know, Uyghur, a first round and another prospect. Would you guys do a one for one considering Huberto's age, his contract, contract
1: etc.? So, so are you asking if we're if we're Calgary or if we're Florida? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, if, I mean, if I was Cal- Calgary, I would not do that deal because Huberto's contract's up in a season. You have no control over that situation at all. But with Matthew Kachuk, you have several years of of, of team control.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So. So, from like an asset management point of view, I wouldn't do that deal if if I was trading Kachuk for Huberdeau.
2: We can imagine we're re-signing Huberdeau. If you want to do like a one for one,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If it, it, yeah. if there was a contract in place, say it was a, a like an identical contract, eight by nine point five, I would probably be tempted as well. But at the same time. I would probably still not do that because Huberto is significantly older, five years yeah. older. Nice.
2: I wouldn't do it for one. I would, I would trade Kachuk for Huberto, but I would want, yeah, something more in return because of age. Yeah,
1: because yeah, yeah. Huberto's got two, maybe three years left in his prime. Kachuk has six or seven.
0: Yeah. So I yeah. mean, be interesting. <laughs> I mean, mm. so. Obviously, with the scenario we, they got handed with Kachuk wanting it out and only giving them a certain amount of teams he would sign long-term, you'd think usually that would mean they'd get handcuffed for what they'd get in return, but like we said, four assets in return is crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. If this was a trade that was, like Mikey said, a one-for-one, one, or even Huberto in a first, that traditional first... Um, and maybe that conditional gets changed to if he resigns or not. Um, I mean, that would be... I think a lot more people would be looking at this trade like it's a lot more equal. Right now it seems like a landslide, but like we talked about already, it really depends on the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anything else you guys want to add about this topic here? I I think we yeah,
3: i I don't before. know. I just want to say, like, you know, we haven't seen a blockbuster trade like this in probably a good minute. There's obviously been some big names moved around within the last couple of seasons, but the last, like, crazy, crazy prospects
1: going for them. Yeah,
3: Yeah, the last blockbuster trade I remember was, like, Weber and Suban type of thing. But these are, like, three big-name players that you never really see move in a trade all at once. So it kind of, like... Blew my mind, realize what happened, but then after looking at contracts and looking at you know like everybody's kind of like status and whatnot, like I I feel like it was kind of the right move by Florida, but I guess I guess we'll see how they do. I think Kachuk can light it up there as well.
2: I think. Um, one thing I just want to mention: you brought up Subban Weber, which at the time seemed like uh, Nashville got a clear winner with uh, Subban Weber being the older player that kind of shifted and I think a lot of people would say Montreal got the better end of that trade in the long run so um, really got to wait and see about this one uh, that's just happened as well
3: yeah honestly you Yeah. never know what's gonna happen Hubert might yeah. pop off Kachuk might not vice versa or they might both
1: pop off and it's like an equal thing so
2: yeah agreed
1: setting last few weeks between the pre-draft draft free agency all that jazz oh yeah pretty pretty fun time
0: yeah it's been crazy off season. like obviously with just this blockbuster trade but there's been the coaching carousel changes free agency and that's even then we'll talk a little bit more about that but it's not even it's not even over there's still so much to be done with a lot of teams like I don't think we're close to being done.
1: No, there's some teams that are in tough positions cap wise, or or, or 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 just putting putting a comp- competitive roster on the ice. So there will be, there'll definitely be some moves to be made heading into training camp. Sounds like a lot of teams are still looking to 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 move some pieces and create some flexibility. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean- think we'll shoot it over to Mike. You get him to go over some of the signings this week.
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's like there's a couple bigger ones. Obviously, some RFAs that got signed. You have Pierre signed
2: A one-year contract
3: on Winnipeg for six mil. What do you guys think about that one? who signed for six What do you guys think about that one?
1: I mean, I don't have much to say about yeah. that one. That's that's a like. That's just a generic kind of signing for me, like a one-year qualifying offer. I don't think that highly of, of Dubois, if I'm being honest. So
0: Yeah, I really don't like at least the reports
1: that I'm getting out
0: of there. Obviously, with him almost giving Winnipeg only one trade destination to Winnipe- or to Montreal, um, possibly attending the draft. Who knows if that's true? Um, but, I mean, I don't know. He seems like he basically quit on his team in columbus to get out of there and it seems like he's almost doing it this year with winnipeg so
2: mm-hmm.
0: well it be interesting to see what he does this season in winnipeg so if he quits on them or actually can put up a bit of a fight because i know they're still wanting to compete they're not rebuilding Which, yeah they
2: should,
0: <laughs> yes, they should yeah
2: <laughs> it's, it's similar it's pretty much a similar situation to kachuk player that doesn't want to be there Just in, um, I think Kachuk's case, he wanted to leave. Like he didn't even want to play the year Dubois, because they have no choice, right? They either get traded or they 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 sign the um the deal, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: right? So he's basically signing a one year deal and will be traded. I don't know. Even if he plays, I I would doubt he plays the whole year.
1: Yeah, definitely at the top of, of any kind of. Trade block lists. Oh yeah. That the, yeah. the TSN and SportsNet put out, so Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: I think maybe even before the season he gets moved, eh? I don't I don't know. I don't know if you want to bring a guy really bring a guy back.
0: Yeah, I mean there's all the talks about him going to Montreal and that's where he seems like he wants to go, but I don't see why they would necessarily want him right now with what they've done this offseason and what they what they have obviously trading for Kirby Doc you already have Nick Suzuki so I don't think they're in a scenario to really want that right now no so I can see why he didn't get traded be, before this contract
1: <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if if, if Montreal is willing to, to blow up their plan because they obviously have a good plan in place getting some key pieces I, I wonder if they're willing to blow up their plan just to get a French player yeah <laughs> because well, because they've done that in the past.
2: I um, I kind of like the 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 balls he has to want to go into the spotlight to Montreal, though. Like I do have to say, because that's especially being a French player. Like that's if you don't perform, that's a tough place to be. So.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it'd be fun to, to watch. So team that obviously they still have a lot of work to do in their off season. It seems like winnipeg is a lot of trade rumors coming out of there but we can shift gears over to another player that always has ties to dubois going right at, uh right before him in the draft and getting traded for one another line a getting re-signed for four years and i believe it's 8.7 mil per so, I mean, give us your thoughts, Kyle, if you want to start us off.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's a great signing for for Columbus, um, just given the fact that, that, that Johnny Gaudreau is there now. And and I think those two can work together and, and, and really take that team to the next level, which means them competing for a playoff spot, hopefully. Um I'm not too sure if if they'll get there, just based off of some of the other sign, signs they made, like trading away Bjork's, or well, other deals that they made, like trading away Bjorkstrand, bringing in Gabranson. kind of a watch there, like like net positive, net negative, kind of evens out. So it'll be interesting to see. I know uh, I know Lionel is excited to play with Goudreau.
3: so that's like the, I think the biggest piece. And reason why he resigned. So good on you know the management team realizing like kind of what their players want in that sense. Like obviously, like, obviously whojo coming in there, he didn't want to just play with like no name like no name people, right? Like him and Line A, I think could do some damage on the power play together. Then you add a center in there, and then, you and then you also have Voracek on the team as well, who's still pretty good, even though he's a little bit older. So I think you know they'll do decent, but time, time will tell. Time will tell with them.
1: Who's the center that's supposed to play with them? Ooh. good question. Let me uh, let me. Oh yeah, hold on. <laughs> Their center depth is trash. The only one that pops out to me. I mean, Cole Sillinger's still young, but like Ross is the only other yeah, center that I, really comes
0: I would. To my mind. I would say because he played with them a lot last year is that Boone Jenner. I know he's a pretty big, body guy, so I think he fits in well with Line Gaudreau. He'll be doing the gritty work for him and. I also want to point we'll be out. Dumb fuck yeah, exactly. I also want to point out behind the scenes here, me and Mike are like waving at each other whatever one of the sharp points. It's very funny. I wish we had this recorded. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Boot Jenner is our candidate there. Yeah. They
3: also have, they also have the, Canucks the Canucks legend, the Brennan Gauntz. Don't forget that. that. He's a centerman. Brennan Gaunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, about- I mean, those were two of the major RFA signings. There hasn't been really anything other than, other than that. that. But, but, hey, Columbus, Columbus at their team, I mean, looking at their team, their again, with good Branson team. on their back end, yeah. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen.
1: This Vortrek contract has really screwed them up. It's still still $8 million a year yeah. for the next two years is not ideal. Yeah, that's... A- for, for a guy that's just not producing like he was five years ago, when he should yeah. have been making a million dollars. I mean, for a guy that last year had six goals as well,
0: Oof. it's pretty tough. I mean, fifty-six assists, but man, he's oh. not, not not so much the goal scorer. No. Still, the playmaker there, but that's a tough contract to have. But uh, speaking of contracts, we mentioned him already. Eric Goodbranson with for a four by four. Which basically caused them to not be able to keep everyone around. As in, Bjorkstrand had to be traded. Uh, I don't. That trade is so bad. I I don't get it at all. I know Kyle is also the same boat here.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, if we think about it though, like, why wouldn't they try to move Nyquist or someone who has who has a less positive impact on driving play and, and performance in the offensive zone. Gustav Nyquist has really taken a couple of steps back the past couple of years. Jörg Strand's held pretty steady as, as somebody who can play a top six role, definitely not a top line role, but, but when he's facing the other team's second, third pairing, he's very effective. Yeah, I
0: mean, you look oh. at it, Nyquist is, has one year left, so he's a UFA next year. They have almost identical yeah. Uh, you know, money-wise, like, money-wise, so 5.5 for Nyquist, 5.4 for Bjorkstrand, I I don't know why. I feel like Nyquist would have gone for a third and fourth, let alone Bjorkstrand. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I don't, yeah. That was an interesting trade, that's for sure.
2: They they have to shed some salary. They're a player over the roster, hey? Yeah. Columbus?
0: Right now they are, I mean... They have a lot of, you know, uh, people. A lot of defenders. I feel like a lot of them are younger players, which will probably get sent down to the minors, anyways. Mm. So I think they're. I don't see them making much more moves, as they're pretty much done there. Yeah.
1: Um, I I really gotta commend Seattle with their with the depth that they've built on oh, the yeah. wing. Last year they were trash, but this year they're really starting to 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 get what looks like a team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you like, look at their team and they have a loaded core of wingers. Their center depth may be questionable. Very young, though. But well, their well, wingers, man, you, you can shuffle them years. around. And they can, they can... They're sneaky, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely. Like, if we are looking at their wingers... So their winger depth includes Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, Burkowski... York Strand now. Jared McCann is probably a top line left winger yeah. as well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like five wingers, and then then add like Jonas Donskoy in there is to finish off their top nine. Crazy.
0: Yeah, it's looking pretty sneaky. I mean, their decor still a bit questionable, but weak. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, they're really hoping for a rebound for from Grubauer, but. With that decor, I don't think it's going to help them, that's for sure.
1: I don't think so, though. So,
0: but at least their forward group is looking pretty fun. And you forgot to mention, I love Corey's going to love this player, but Brandon Tanev. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Fantasy legend.
2: Fantasy legend, yeah. Does Um, it all.
0: Oh, for sure. I
2: used to have (laughs) them. I think something that we should touch on too is um, with all this recent a lot of um, young player movement, young player trades um, requests uh, and even a holdouts recently like there's certainly been a shift at least I've noticed from maybe 10 years ago. We've always seen UFAs move um, you know 28 to 30, 32 like around that age uh, which is pretty I think, acceptable. Fans will boo them but they've run their contract and they've moved on, but, you know, recently it seems almost every young, talented uh, RFA is holding out, signing right before the year often. Um, and now we have RFAs uh, refusing to sign. Well, Kichuk, I guess the only one, but even with this Dubois deal, like first Columbus, now Winnipeg, uh, it's, the shift, the power is almost becoming onto the players. And it's becoming, it's always been a team first league. It, it looks like the players are, are taking more uh, of the power these days. Um, thoughts on that? Like, is obviously it's a player's choice to, to play where they want to play. Um, you know, do we think this should be the case? Do we think, lo- like, is loyalty expected at this time? Um you know a player has a right to request a trade don't they? What like what's what are some thoughts on, on this?
3: I mean I mean uh, I I definitely get what you're saying and it's like it's it's hard to say but I think a bunch of these young guys like Kitchuk and you know a bunch of the other RFAs they want to win. They want to sound like cup even though they're younger. I think they want to win it like now. Like now, right? That's what everybody kind of wants. And if you're, on and if you're on, stuck on a team like Winnipeg Or even Columbus, for example. Like, how many years is that going to take before you actually reach, like, a final type of thing? Like, I don't think think Winnipeg is doing much this season, to be honest. They haven't really made moves, in my opinion. But I think it's just that they want to play where the money is and where the contenders are. And in, like, a good city, you know, like, Kachuk in Florida. I think that's, like, a perfect fit for a young guy like him. You know, like, there's a lot, there's a lot to, play to play do play there. And, like, say you know, Calgary were, like, a bunch of players, honestly, I don't think really need to go to. That's my opinion.
2: I don't think it's, like, an obligation to, I don't know, resign at all.
1: Uh, I, I'm so torn on the topic because at the same time, like, like, it's awesome when, like, the players have control and are able to, like, stand up for themselves and get what they want out of their career and, a, and out of their contracts. But at the same time, like, like if I was a Calgary fan, I would hate that Kachuk's like, eh, I'm done here. No more. Like, that would kind of irk me.
0: Yeah, even if you'd argue he wasn't going to resign if Kudrow didn't. And, I mean, if I was a Calgary fan, I would be looking at that like... I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot of booze when he returns there, like at all. I mean, you see that a lot of times with UFAs leaving, but RFAs are a completely different talk that NHL really hasn't seen, I would say. Like, Mm. it's, I mean, maybe something we see more in the future. I mean, obviously, at this very moment, there's a lot of RFAs still left to sign. Do I see them, any of them being moved? Maybe one or two, but I don't think any of them are refusing to sign. At least that went from right. what I would say.
2: <laughs> well, there's been quite a few holdouts and quite a few players yeah. almost getting paid for what they will do, aside from what yes. they've done. Which oh, yeah. is what Um, And obviously, once the bar is set, players want to you know make where the expectation now, so it just keeps getting pushed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I would say is I'd, I still want to see championships and championship teams built rather than bought. And I think, yes, kind of like Kyle said, like players should, they don't have an obligation to, to play for anyone. Um, you know, they certainly can re- request and, and they certainly aren't forced to sign contracts. They don't want to, but also there should be something said for building a if, if you're the best player building the team around you and making making that team a winner rather than um, chasing and having you know the top five teams you want to go to already kind of be built um, and I don't think that resonates with fans as much either uh, you know everyone likes the 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 building of the championship and yeah. the core and all that. So I, I wouldn't this, I just think it's, it's the situation can lend itself into that direction, which is not somewhere I, I'd like to, to see as a fan.
0: Yeah. I also don't want to, yeah, I, I, like going off of like uh that, like you don't want to see too often where Kachuk, for example, only gave a list of, I believe six or seven teams that you'd like to, sign, he would sign for long-term, you really don't want to see the NHL get into that, because mm-hmm. more or less, you'd probably say the same teams might show up a lot of times. You think Florida, very nice place to live, no, in, no taxes and stuff like that, so, I mean, how often do you think someone will say, hey, I'll sign long-term in Winnipeg, but I mean, so you don't want to see the same teams being brought up, because you're right. getting into, like, almost just the same teams getting all these players or all these blockbuster deals being part of the same teams and all these teams like Arizona or someone are just kind of feeder teams.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. w- which is a problem with many leagues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. You look at um, soccer across the globe. You look at uh, I would say even like
0: MLB, you got the... Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of him off the top of my head here, but. <laughs> putting me on the spot, I shouldn't have started that. Yeah. Point, but yeah. Don't follow me for baseball news. Oh,
1: so so, Corey. Yep. Yeah. Do you think Matt Kachuk is chasing um, a contender?
2: Uh, I think he's selectively. Well, I don't think. Arizona's on his list, so <laughs> you, you know I think the teams he's he's selected are places he wants to go that also happen to be good teams. Like I, I don't yeah. I don't I don't remember the list exactly, but you know they were a mix of probably a nice place, a nice American city, plus a a, a good team, right? Yeah,
3: exactly. And yeah. Then my uh, I mean like. Sorry Pat. Sorry, Pat. And I mean, like, you got to look at teams that have, like, these star players that people want to play with, Two essentially, right? The younger kids, like Kachuk. He sees Barkov on pa- the Panthers, and he's like, I wonder what I could do with him. You know, like, they could be, like, a one-two combo and just put up numbers this season type of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I, I mean... resonates with the whole point of I mean a lot of these guys are almost leaving Canada which yeah hurts us Canadian fans you want to see the Canadian teams do well so it's hard to say I mean you hope this doesn't continue and at least you can you know the variety can change but you don't want teams always chasing the same contenders year to year and whatnot and also, right. do you want to mention that team I was trying to name is the Oakland Athletics? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I could not
1: think of it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, Corey, I know you got to take off here. Um, but I had a follow-up question for Max and Mikey. I don't know if you want to sign off at all, Corey. If you're or what you I, I,
2: I want to hear your question.
1: So my question is. Um, He's interested. So my question is, can players trust management to make the right moves to make a contender and help and help build a winning team from scratch? Because a lot of the NHL um, front offices have showed that that's just not in their MO. They're open to signing bad contracts because they think it makes them look good short-term and it just screws them in the future. So are, are, are management teams supposed to are management teams entitled to the benefit of the doubt from their young players in order to, to keep them? Yeah, good question. I mean,
3: I kind of heard with Goudreau, um, like maybe it could have been like a management like issue. I don't know if it was a coaching issue, maybe a management issue, which is one of the reasons why he didn't want to play for them. But it's also like, you know, stemming back to last week, how we were talking about Vegas and what Vegas management was doing to their players I don't necessarily think like a star player wants to see that happen to them because they know depending on the management team that, that could happen to them out of nowhere type of thing. You know, like if they don't win after a couple of years, they might just get rid of like a top guy for some assets, something like that. So I don't think you can really trust management in like a business sense to kind of do what's needed for the team. But at the same time, it kind of screws over the team because now people like we were talking about last week on Vegas – like, players don't even really want to resign for, for them or even play, play for play them type of thing.
0: Yeah, I, think, I mean, that's good points. I'll let Corey go ahead, though.
2: Um, I was going to say, I, I think it varies, you know. I think if McDavid said uh, he didn't want to play in Edmonton, people would, because, you know, they haven't done the best to build a team around him, I think most people would say that's fair. I think if you look at other, I think if, If Goudreau said that, I would kind of question it because I think Calgary has done what they can to build a team, Um, but I think it varies. I think there's definitely been organizations that, you know, Cal says MO. I think there's definitely been organizations through the years. Florida was pretty pretty, uh, standard at just kind of being a team, to be a team and not really have winning mentality. Um, I think you can look at like obviously Arizona and over the years and some other teams in the past have done this um, and that comes down to ownership as well. So I think it really varies Uh, in terms of Mike's point of how you treat the players. Yeah, I think that's fair. At the end of the day, like it is a business. So if you get traded, you get, I think, I think you should treat your players well but by all means, if if a trade like you know it is a business, so it, it trades happen. And look at look at the, the Raptors a couple of years ago with uh, acquiring uh, Kawhi Leonard, trading the fan favorite DeRozan. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. As long as you treat them uh, with dignity, and then there shouldn't be a problem.
3: So I I have something to to kind of add add on to Kyle's question in a sense. Do you think a player like McDavid, any of your top players on your team, can kind of go to management and just be like, you know, they obviously see what's not working and stuff. They'd be like, hey, like, can you maybe try to get like, you know, like a better winger with me or like a better defenseman to be on the blue line? Do you think that these younger players who are like the captains and the star players kind of have the authority in the sense to kind of, you know, talk to management, not obviously like tell them what to do, but just like, kind of just be like, Hey, like, it'd be cool if you got so-and-so, or if you got like another left wing for the team. Uh,
2: I think so. I, I, I think for sure. If they're a big part of that court, if there should be a plan, there should be a plan. And if there isn't, then there's a problem. So, you know, yeah. If McDavid went to the Oilers and said, look, I'm putting out 100-plus po- point seasons. What are we going to do? This is my, what, seventh year? You know, I think that's completely fair. You're, if, if, if the player's doing what is asked of him, management needs to, needs to fulfill that as well. And if there's too much of a disconnect, then, yeah, we will see the team implode, and and that's when trade. And then I think you can look at Buffalo uh, for that as um, where things gone wrong. And this, the the player that was uh, the star player that they were going to build around is no longer there. Um, yeah, that's a good point.
1: So I'd, it, I'd say in Edmonton's case too, like I'm sure McDavid did go to management and was like, "Yo, you got me playing with uh, Zach Cassian. Give me someone better." And <laughs> and they've added within the last year both Zach Hyman and Evander Kane into the mix, and then <laughs> re-signed Ryan Nugent Hopkins again, not the strongest wingers, but like. Players that 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 McDavid and Drysaddle can facilitate play through. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, you can definitely bet he was part of that
0: conversation. And since he's, I mean, the biggest player in the NHL and such a core piece of their team, you can bet he was part of that. You know, almost decision making, and even with getting Evander Kane, you always hear about like teams almost behind the scenes texting each other, etc. So kind of making them a stronger team and really you know
1: welcoming them, I'd, welcoming them in. And 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 if, oh sorry go for it, Corey.
2: No you go ahead.
1: I was gonna say and if we're talking about like Edmonton specifically too, like like you have to keep in mind that like the GM and the scouting team is 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 responsible for developing a good a good prospect pool in order to get those good players. But when that system is is, is falling apart like like Edmonton was good at drafting in the first round and nowhere else for the longest time they're starting to get some like a bit more full of a prospect pool but it's still not near the top of the league by any stretch um they just don't have the assets to trade or if they are trading assets it's draft picks and that's just putting them even more behind and and they're not gonna be able to maintain the same success going forward because it's super important to get great players in the pipeline bring them up on entry-level deals and Get rid of your 32 year old wingers who are starting to slow down
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah strong points
2: but um i'll tell you what if mcdavid uh eventually wins with edmonton i think that um i think there'll be some respect that he you know carried for as long as he he did on that team and i think it'll kind of like Owen when finally won with washington after there may have been talks of him Going elsewhere, like it just means a lot more, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was that was definitely a dream scenario. I don't, I don't see that happening in Edmonton, or or in most places, right? (laughs) Okay.
2: What if it did?
1: If it did, oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, I guess I'm just pessimistic there. But but Washington. They built a nice team around around Ovechkin, yeah. where they had Backstrom yeah. the entire time, and, and were able to supplement a lot of depth, and honestly, go on a pretty lucky playoff run. The fact that holby turned into a pretty decent goalie for for that stretch was was handy as well.
2: Yeah, good
1: point. Yeah, a lot of luck and a lot of uh, and a lot of skill involved, and you got to get the right mix of both at the right time. I mean.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how a lot of teams win Cups nowadays. You kind of see, I mean, yeah, the right timing and how it all mixes together. Like, all these teams are so star-studded, but it really depends on uh, everything gelling together at the right time. And Not
1: getting injured. And not, yeah, and you there's so many factors right, that go into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean... I'll probably awesome. pass it over to Mikey here, as we're pretty much, that was more or less everything that happened this week. I mean, everything up until Friday, there was nothing uh, nothing that really happened. I know we were talking amongst each other that, I don't know, we have no idea what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we s- still managed to get a lot out, and gonna I mean, say... there's plenty to come, <laughs> as we talked about, like, there's so many UFAs, RFA's. Trades to sign, teams to get under the cap. So we I think it's gonna be a busy August for us. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and then get into other topics too that we've been kind of mulling over. Do some fantasy hockey stuff. Do some, do some other season stuff. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean all all that will come with with the season coming on uh, back, in like back in like September for preseason, October for regular season. But yeah, today today was definitely a good talk. I'm glad the Kachuk trade happened, so we had a little bit more to talk about. Next week, we're hoping kind of maybe, you know, the remaining UFAs will uh, get signed there. Kadri, Klingberg, and the rest of them, P.K. Subban, maybe Ruby Erickson. But anyways, we'll be, we'll be back next week. Uh, not sure if it's going to be the same day, but we'll definitely put out an episode next week rather be discussing just a couple topics we have planned out in our minds. Or, you know, some more trades or free agency. But we all appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in for Episode 3. We always have a blast making these, so we have no problem making them every single week. So thank you guys again. And Max, play the music.
0: (laughs) Alright, thanks for listening, everyone, and take care.